Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and do a quick rundown of uh, the, I guess we'll call it the COVID-19 agreement between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Back on the show tonight is uh, my buddy from Metzmerize, Jacob Resnick. How's it going, man? Doing well, managing every day in this uh, new new uh, environment of uh, being inside twenty four seven. So, but it just means we have more uh, baseball to uh, to uh, more baseball conversations to have with each other, even even if there's no game going on. Yeah, yeah, it's getting it's getting scarce. The uh, <laughs> I guess what we can go to, and thank goodness for for YouTube and MLB, they keep on showing full games. Actually, while we're recording, I have uh, the 88 World Series Game 1 on in the background on mute, which is uh, pretty cool. Oral Her- uh, not Oral Hershaw, he's Game 2. But uh, Dave um, Dave Stewart is in the studio, and he's like kind of going through it. And I guess it's a fun, uh, a fun angle to watch the game from. I, mean, I don't think this is live. I'm sure it's been played before. But, yeah, we're getting by. Uh, I hope everyone's doing well with the, with the uh, ongoing – stay at home or quarantine, whatever you're working with there. But like you said, we do have a little bit of news on the, on the baseball front. Uh, late this week, uh, late last week, I should say, uh, the Players Association and the league came to an agreement on how to proceed with a what, what's mo- most likely looking to be a shortened season. So between the scheduling aspect, between the service time aspect, looks like everything has got hammered out. I'm just going to do a quick recap of what that all kind of encompasses. All right, so looks like the players were really fighting for the service time side of this. Um, that seems to be a huge win for them. Nobody gets held back because of, uh, I guess, a, a shortened season or the, the remote possibility of no season. And they, I guess they're looking at this as a plus. Um Jacob, do you think that the owners are feeling the sting there, considering, well, look at the Mets, for instance. Um, you have a very service, uh, a very arbitration-eligible, heavy roster. Um, you know, the Mets are, if no baseball gets played this season, they're going to lose a year of service time from Conforto, Nimmo. I mean, you can go right down the line. I can't go through the whole list. It's like half the roster. Um do you think that was a point of contention, or do you feel like that could have been a point of contention in negotiations? Honestly, I think, um, you know, you said that's kind of what the players were really hanging their hat on, was trying to make sure that they uh, they weren't going to lose service time if they lost uh, most of the season. Um, and it's, it's always felt like, you know, that's their thing, and, you know, the saving money is – uh, is the owner's thing and the league's thing. And that's, that's what they're trying to do. So, um, seems like that kind of got hammered out pretty well and everyone kind of, um, got what they wanted. And, you know, uh, concessions were made on, on both sides to, to get that done. Um, but you mentioned, um, you know, the teams losing a year from their players. Um, that's pretty big. I mean, you look at, uh, the two guys that'll be hitting free agency for the first time. Uh, if, if there's no season and they, they get a full year of service time, both Marcus Stroman and Jake Marisnik will be free agents next year, uh, nor the next off season. And, uh, Mets made trades for both of them. I know you, I think it was, it was you who, who mentioned that on Twitter that the Mets would have traded, uh, Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods Richardson for 11 starts worth of, uh, Marcus Stroman. And, uh, they traded Blake Taylor and Kennedy Corona to, 
um, you know, lower lower level prospects, but certainly prospects in their own right for for Jake Marisnik. So um, it'll certainly be a loss for for teams like the Mets who who have made um, you know trades for these types of guys. Think about the Dodgers, how much they traded uh, for Mookie Betts, um, and he might not even play for them if it, there is no season in 2020. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this affects. Um, how the market plays out in the future um, because the guys that will become free agents don't have that platform year to uh, prove themselves if they're coming off a down year in 2019 or to get healthy or, or whatnot. And, you know, it probably won't affect the Mookie Betts of the world. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the, the lower tier free agents that um, might feel a hit from, from this. But um, certainly in terms of uh, guys becoming – uh, closer to free agency, closer to arbitration. I'm sure it, it kind of um, expedites the need to to get Michael Conforto signed to an ex, uh, extension. Um, of course, they put a, a freeze on extension negotiations while while this whole uh, thing is being uh, hammered out. But um, you know, the, the the Mets will certainly be uh, be lacking if uh, they're they're losing a, a full year of some of these guys that are getting closer to free agency. So. Um, it's obviously an unprecedented situation, and, and um, I don't think any agreement is going to be perfect because there is no perfect way to go about any of this. But um, I think what they did come to to an agreement about is, is pretty much as, as good as you're going to get. You know, I just looking at it from one point of view, I guess the players uh, – I'm looking at Evan Drellick and Ken Rosenthal's article from The Athletic. It says the players are going to hold final approval on scheduling. Um, now most people are like, oh, well, you know, the players can't play more than 20 games in, in a month and all this. And I, I think that the fact that, um, you know, some players who are going to be, I know the arbitration guys aren't, they're not supposed to be truly affected by this. Um, counting stats won't be, uh, I guess brought into negotiations for next year's arbitration class, uh, as much as they would have been. I'm not sure on the complete details, but it looks like everyone's kind of in incentivized to to get baseball played this year, whether it was a free agent, um, let's say Marcus Stroman, who, you know, found his groove with the Mets down the stretch last season and had a terrific first half with the with the Blue Jays. But um, I'm sure he wants to showcase himself before hitting the open market. And uh, I guess, you know, any action is better than no action with an opportunity to, you know, secure a few extra million in free agency. Um, I think everyone's kind of incentivized to, to at least get some baseball played. And I, I know that's uh, uh, ESPN referred to it as a, as a doomsday scenario if, if no baseball is played. And that, that really is the case. But with all the uncertainty around uh, just the, the whole situation, um, you really can't – nothing's concrete right now. I, I mean, uh, hopefully they get some, some baseball squeezed in. But, uh, you know, at least I, I try to stay optimistic, but this is – it's not looking great. I mean, you can't start baseball in August and try to get a, a full season in. If everyone's willing to cut the schedule down and, you know, play 120 games or 100 games, uh, get creative with the postseason, which I know that they, they floated – um, you know, do what you have to do, but, uh, yeah, I think everyone kind of wants, I mean, fans excluded. I think everyone in the game kind of wants a season played this year just because so much kind of hinges on it. A lost season would have, uh, terrible repercussions. The Mookie Betts of the world, the Dodgers of the world, uh, 
<laughs> the Mets, like, like you said, trading away Kay and, and Woods Richardson, uh, for Stroman. Um, there, there's scenarios all around the league, but you know, hopefully it all, it all works out. There, there's one side of this, this deal that I know that you said, you know, everyone had to kind of put things in priority. Um, and I guess it's become kind of the, <laughs> what always happens with these guys. Uh, the minor leaguers are getting the short end of the stick here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been looking through it, and I, I saw the draft might be shortened and bonuses are being messed with. Jacob, can, can you take us through what <laughs> the latest plight major, uh, minor leaguers ha- have to deal with? Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like, you know, obviously the first priority of, of these discussions between the league and, and the Players Association was to uh, figure out what was going to happen um, with with the major leagues if there was no season or if, a, if there was a shortened season in 2020. Um, and, I, you know, the, the actually the biggest inter- thing that was interesting to me uh, about what, what came out was that they agreed that they wouldn't um, play or they would – try not to play until the CDC lifted their restrictions on large gatherings, which to me means that they're not going to explore playing in front of no fans, which probably lowers the possibility that they will um, play at all in 2020 because, you know, that might not be lifted until the the middle of the summer. And at that point, if you're coming back in early August to play a season, at what point is it, um, you know, too short of a season to, to just not have it be worth it at all? Um, so that was the first, uh, priority was getting everything set in terms of, uh, you know, adjusting to, to a shortened season. But the second thing, what it seemed like is that the league was kind of, um, starting to get, get the ball rolling officially on some of the things that have been rumored, um, in terms of affecting, uh, the future of amateur talent acquisition, um, minor league structure. Um, and all that stuff. So the big thing, um, was MOB now has the unanimous right or the unilateral right is the better word to, um, to shorten the draft to as few as five rounds, um, this upcoming year, um, which is absolutely beyond, <laughs> you know, comprehension because, um, you know, for the last few years, the draft has been 40 rounds before that it was, you know, 50 rounds, um, so to, to go all the way down to five is pretty pretty wild. Um, and, I mean, you can kind of parse through what that means. Um, to me, the big thing that, that it, it screams is it's, you know, the precursor to uh, contracting, uh, you know, almost a fifth of, of minor league teams, uh, which is was obviously a bigger discussion in the fall and kind of got quiet um, since then, but uh, it feels like that's kind of what this was uh, really about because, um, you know, if teams are going to be losing two or three maybe affiliates, you're going to have a bunch of uh, overflow in terms of minor league players in your organization and, and um, you're not going to really have the capabilities to bring in a lot of uh, new guys. So um, it seems like that's kind of uh, the main um, objective really with um, – with, with shortening the draft, um, obviously there's, uh, you know, there wasn't more than four weeks of the college baseball season. Some high school seasons didn't even get started before they were canceled. Um, so there really aren't as many guys with full scouting reports on them. 
Um, so it would have made a longer draft kind of a, uh, a bigger crapshoot than it, than it was, uh, to begin with. Um, so that's a big thing. Um, I'm trying to, I'm reading through the other, uh, announcements that were made. There was also the, the international, um, signing period. They, the MLB now has the right to shift that. It usually begins on July 2nd. Now they can move it to, um, even next, uh, January, 2021. Um, and then move the 2022 period to the, the you know the following uh, year as well. Um, now, as I have a question, as yeah, uh, as international players turn 16, is this this pool is going to continue to widen until the 2020 amateur draft or international draft takes place, right? Or, or is there yes. a cutoff? Like, like guys, well, let's say the draft is supposed to take place in or is supposed to start in July. All these guys who return in 16 from July through January, let's say if they had the, the draft in January, all these guys who return in 16 at that point, are they now eligible to be signed beginning on that day as well? Yeah, it seems like it's really not entirely clear, but, you know, yeah. given what you just said, it's probably going to have to be adjusted in some way. Um, but you it's funny you, i think you said international draft and technically that's incorrect but uh, you know international signing day i'm it's but, all such a, it's all a whirlwind right now jacob <laughs> for sure but it does seem like like this news with moving the international signing periods back is a precursor to an actual international draft um which is something that that's been rumored for a while and teams are kind of preparing for something like that um because I'm, I'm sure you know the whole international signing culture is really messed up where kids are agreeing to, you know, multi-million dollar deals when they're 14 under the table and MLB doesn't really care enough to do anything about it. Um, so it, it seems like they're moving in the direction of an international draft. Um, and it's it, the, the latest bonus period that they're affecting with the new announcements was 2022. And it seems like that's the cutoff of where teams currently have agreements in place with, with um, you know, young uh, international amateurs. So um, after that, guys will probably be subject to a draft if that's what they put into the new CBA. Um, so basically, all of this is kind of things that were going to show up anyway in the uh, in the newest CBA. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of people were kind of. Uh, uh, you know, putting down the Players Association for, for conceding so much in terms of, uh, you know, the draft and um, other, you know, money-related rights. Um, well, I mean, to, to be honest, it's, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's kind, of, no, no. it's kind of an aspect that can't be ignored here. Like, the players, they, they're hanging their hat, as you said, on the, on the service time aspect, and that's a big win for them. Um, do you feel like maybe... You know whether it was intentional or not. Um, do you feel like maybe they kind of let well, I guess left the, the minor leaguers out to dry to achieve their own goals? Like, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Go ahead. It just leaves such a sour feeling. I that that was all. <laughs> no, of course, and I mean it, it's been clear in everything that. Um, you know, the Players Association has negotiated that, you know, they they don't represent the minor leaguers. That's obvious. But um, they don't really have any uh, um, 
you know, remorse or, or empathy, I don't know, whatever the right word is, um, you know, which is kind of backwards because all of the major league players were once minor league players and um, you would think they, they would understand understand it better, but it, it does feel like once they get to the major leagues, they, they really don't um, care at all about what the minor leaguers have to go through. And honestly, from their perspective, which um, is logical from their perspective, but it is kind of awful from a humanistic perspective is that, um, you know, minor leaguers to them are just people who could take their jobs in the future. Um, so anything they can do to, um, you know, prevent, um, guys from, from <laughs> reaching the major leagues and taking their jobs, I think they're, they're going to do. And, and, you know, that's a big thing about the draft is, um, you know, it's theoretically fewer guys that are entering the pro ranks to um, push up guys who are already in the minor leagues to push up to the major leagues to take their jobs. So um, it, it's a it's a really uh, messed up uh, situation, but that's kind of what um, what everything is set up to be. Um, and really, overall, the biggest thing that I took away, um, and it's kind of what we were touching on earlier, but um, if an entire season is lost in 2020, um, will that lead to the owners continuing to um, cry foul about their their lack of ability to spend on, on major league talent in the coming years and free agency? I mean, I think that's something that we'll have to watch. And um, it, it, to me, it just doesn't seem like a great situation for the players all around. And um, I don't know if they got closer to... Um, you know, a, a, a nicer situation, so to speak, for the, the upcoming CBA negotiations after the 2021 season. I mean, realistically, um, you know, this could extend this, this kind of, uh, I guess, this hiatus of baseball could, could extend. If no, no baseball is played, is it played this year? Um, the CBA is, I guess, scheduled to be negotiated upon uh, in earnest would, would be the offseason after 2020, correct? Sorry, I repeat the question. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, the the I guess the CBA is is scheduled to be uh, negotiated on after the 2020 season was supposed to conclude. Correct. 2021. Oh, 2021. So we had two we had two more years, but it might only be one actual season of baseball until um, they they renegotiate that. Gotcha. Okay. Because in my head, I'm thinking, oh boy, we could lose two full seasons. <laughs> but thank, thank goodness. Now, um, Cheers, just, yeah, just to, I, I guess, touch on the draft real quick. Now, if rounds one through five are still going to be drafted, or I guess MLB has the ability to extend that to 10 rounds. Um, so let's say, best case scenario, the first 10 rounds are drafted. Um, you're still going to be, I guess, getting a, a upper crust talent into the systems. Um, you know, the, the wheels are going to keep turning, albeit slow, slower <laughs> or a little more slowly. But now all these non-draft, uh, I guess non-drafted free agents who normally could get up to bonuses of $125,000 before counting against the team's allotments, they're now maxed Correct. out at $20,000. Do you foresee teams still going out and filling out their system with – these much cheaper non-drafted free agents? Yeah, it's tough to say, and I think they would, but will they be even be available? Because if you're 
you know, and the, the real the real um, type of guy that this is going to affect, it's not going to affect the guys that were going to go in the first round anyway or, um, you know, the, the late-round guys that probably shouldn't have even been drafted in the first place, but they just were kind of one scout like them, so they got picked in the 38th round and signed for 5K. Um, it's not really going to affect those guys, um, but it's going to affect the, you know, the eighth or ninth round pick that um, got 250000 um, as a junior out of college. Now they'll probably be more inclined to go back to school for their senior year um, because they know that if they don't get picked, they're, only, they're deciding between, um, you know, going back to school and increasing their draft stock for another year or um, making $20,000 as a signing bonus. So um, it, it's really going to, cause more headaches for the NCAA teams because they're going to have uh, a lot of guys coming back next year um, than they originally expected um, in addition to all the freshmen that they were expecting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, just overall, it's, it's a messy situation. And, you know, I feel comfortable saying that I don't 100% know how everything is going to play out and uh, all the economics and everything and, and um, who it affects, who it doesn't affect. Um but it's pretty clear that, you know, the, the draft is going to be the best of the best available players. They're going to be fine. Um, but it's kind of those middle middle of the pack players that uh, are, are affected the most in, in terms of how they're realigning things. Yeah, it just it, it feels like um, they're paving the way for so many different futures. Um, yeah, the ripple effects are going to be. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to be wide reaching when it comes to all this, and and that's not even just baseball. That that's everything. I think a lot of things are are set to change after this whole ordeal. But um, the, the seeds are being sown for uh, for certainly, uh, I guess, a a, a a culture shift in in I guess, ha- how this operates, and that's a little un- unnerving. But I guess it is what it is. Uh, what do you think? You think we're going to get baseball this season? <laughs> yeah, you know, just, it's fun. just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm trying to gauge everyone on this, but uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I'm not feeling very, very confident in it. Um, just considering how long, um, you know, this whole thing might go. This whole uh, pandemic might go on, um, you know, for many more months. But the restrictions on it, it might not become a, you know, extreme, you know, everyone quarantining and staying in their houses for, for, um, as long as the entire thing is, is going to be lasting. Um, but that time where people are going to be, you know, having to, to avoid large crowds and all that stuff, um, seems like it could go, uh, on for, for quite a while. And like I said earlier, you know, if, if it comes down to no season or starting September 1st, I mean, are you going to play a, a 40 game season. I mean, it's just does not seem like there are um, really a lot of scenarios that, that are uh, easy to, to see happening. Um, and well, I guess there's a, there's a scenario where the, the season stretches into December or whatever. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. You're going to play every game in Marlins park. I mean, I, I don't know what's, what's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be like a, uh, like a like a jamboree weekend tournament. You're gonna to have teams yeah. go out of the stadium from seven a.m. to ten p.m. Ridiculous. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess they got a lot to shake out. We all we all have a lot to shake out over, over the next, let's say, at, at its earliest, let's say eight weeks. I just you know we all want normalcy, and uh, yeah, baseball is a big part of that. So the crazy I, thing to me, the crazy thing to me was that. You know, we were going through spring training, having all these conversations about like who's going to make the roster. You know, is uh, is uh, Cespedes going to be ready for opening day? And you know, is Eduardo Nunez going to be the 26th man on the roster? And now, you know, none of those conversations hold any weight in anything because it just it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, and it just goes to show how quick everything um, can really change and 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 uh, how in the grand scheme of things, baseball is is not um, not the most important thing in the world. Yeah, no, but and I guess that that side of things kind of knocked knocked the wind out of my sails once once this all happened. I was shell shocked for a couple of days, and it, it was um like you said, like oh wow, we're gearing up, baseball is almost here, and boom, just like that, it, it's yeah. you know, and it's not like oh it was it's taken away and I'm mad. No, it's just everything shifted. Like it, it you know, it's um. It's going to be strange to look back on this in in ten years and be like, holy cow. Remember that time <laughs> we, we lost like, you know, almost a whole season. And now that we're like in regular season territory, um, you know, this weekend, shout out to the Dom Smith dance squad. We're, we're all supposed to meet up at the game on Saturday. And, uh, you know, we have a little group chat and we're like, oh, that was supposed to be today. <laughs> like, you know, this is just every day. It's something uh, it's something new. We just keep keeping our heads up, doing our thing, I guess. For sure. All right. Uh, I guess we we hit on all our bases for today. Uh, Quick hitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep them brief. We're gonna try to keep them keep the episodes coming regularly, uh, taking the content as it comes. But uh, yeah, we'll be back this week. I, I know we have uh, we have a couple of guests in the works. Um, we'll be continuing our uh, 2000 Mets 20th anniversary celebration celebration over at Mets Marized. Jacob, you're uh, you're continuing your schooling, my friend. Yeah, Zoom University. That's that's uh, that's where I'm going now. <laughs> roll that, out of bed. How's that adjustment? Roll out of bed, open up the laptop, and boom, your professor's right there, staring you in the face. So nice. it's pretty crazy. Can they see you? Yeah, except at at you know ten in the morning, I'm not uh, really too happy about showing my face. So sometimes I turn the turn the camera off, but. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a weird, uh, weird, uh, adjustment. You got to do like, uh, I like college basketball games. They do like those 80 point blow up photos of someone's face. Make like, make yourself a little background. Just put that up in front of the, uh, in front of the, print it out, print it out and stick it on the wall and then go, go eat breakfast or something. Exactly. Or like you've seen the movie speed where he like loops the camera. No, I haven't. Oh, there's the generational gap right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy surveilling all, everyone on the bus. Uh, quick, all right, so quick synopsis. The bus can't go under 55 miles an hour. If it does, it blows up. If anyone tries to get off the bus, the guy blows the bus up. So they have a camera, and they loop the camera to look like everyone's kind of sitting in their seats doing nothing while they all escape off the bus. Wow. So if you, you put a little five-second video together of you just nodding your head, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just loop that. We'll figure out a way, bro. We're gonna get you out of class. Not like you have anywhere to go, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, buddy, hang in there. Everyone else, you do the same. And uh, you got anything coming out on Mesmerize this week? 
I think we're going to try to knock out our, our top top prospects list, which uh, we kind of had a hiatus on because of everything. Uh, it just got kind of crazy. And um, it's funny, we're, we're making a prospect list for a season that might not even happen. So, um, but, but let's see, I think we're going to finish that this week and then uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. It's wild. You know, and I, I was talking with Matt Brownstein on the last episode. I've been getting back into collecting baseball cards, like, like really hardcore. Right. Um, it's curious to see how all like these rookie cards, if no, no season is played, they're all going to be rookies again next year. Right. So I, I am hoarding. <laughs> My wife's like, what is this box of shit? I'm like, oh, it's just baseball cards, huh? We're good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, can you really tell from 36 or 16? No, you can't, and that's how I like it. Perfect. <laughs> I have my, – my closet is full of, of, of cards that I have not touched in, in years. So, uh, yeah, I feel you. Oh, I think we're going to have to do an offshoot of the uh, of Simply Amazing. We're just going to talk about cards once a month. But Perfect. <laughs> if we have no baseball, we're going to have to come up with ideas. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Jacob, stay well, my friend. You too. All right, everybody. Let's go Mets. We'll talk to you next time. 